Welcome to the first episode of the Stargaze Podcast. It is your boy, Will Skywalker Still, here with my tag team partner, as always, Big Game James. What's going on, OG? What's up with your young star, Luke Skywalker? I call you Luke, but I don't mean to, but I just feel like you're like Luke, and I'm like uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, yes, that's a very <laughs> great uh, uh, comparison. Uh, what wasn't great, though? Oh was those Dallas Cowboys uh, last night? Well, uh, there was a few great players. There yeah. was a few great players, but the coaching mm. was not great. And that is the hot topic uh, across social media, all on the airwaves, and it's going to be a hot topic here on the podcast. It's always um, a hot topic with this team. Yes, I mean <laughs> it, it's that seems to be the uh, reoccurring theme every year, some form of coaching, uh, and it kind of started right away. You know, opening drive, we get in territory, and this this bothered me. I mean, you tell me if it bothered you, it bothered me. It's, we, you already know what you're about to talk <laughs> about, so I already know it's bothered me. I already know what you're about to say, so go ahead and say it so I can tell you how much it bothered me. This bothered me in two ways. Fourth and five on the opening drive on, I believe, 36-yard line. Mm-hmm. We, for whatever reason, elect to kick a 57-yard field goal. The, the entire time, I was screaming to go for it. But if you're not going to go for it, then punt the rock, pin them back, tell your defense to go out there and play some ball. Am I wrong for for thinking that, or, or you know that was the right call? No, you no, you're not wrong. I was saying screaming at the TV, go for it. You already have a drive. You don't want to start out slow. What has the Dallas Cowboys been dealing with six out of the last eight games? We've had these slow starts, getting behind, getting behind the the eight ball, as they say. Why would you do that? You had a drive that you were driving down the field. It looked pretty productive. You want to get them points on the board. Now, I hear what you're trying to get the three points, but this is my her. Are you really – see, you're being deceived because he kicked these 60-yard field goals. Now he can just go out there and boom, 57 yarders like it's nothing. He is not consistent like that. And it's five yards. We can't – we're driving <clears throat> down the field. We couldn't get five yards, especially if you're looking at it. You missed the field goal. Where are they yep. going to place the ball? Where you kick the yep. field goal at? So you gave them an extra 10 yards. So worst case scenario, if you went for it and you, let's say you didn't get any yards, you still had 10 more yards of play that you would have had to give them instead of kicking the field goal. I would at least took my chances and try to get a, a first down because I'm feeling like if we get the first down in this first drive, we go for it. The team is feeling it. We're all feeling it, and it's ready and, to and rock. Here's how, here's how wishy-washy this damn coach is about his decision-making. The same exact situation happened later in the game, not even later, kind of I believe the first three possessions that happened, and he punted the ball. <laughs> he punted the ball on with fourth and I believe five or six to go again. On the 39-yard line, again, he elects to punt it this time. Probably making up for the mistake he made earlier in the game, but it's a mistake that he shouldn't even have had to deal with because opening the game, you don't want to give that type of momentum uh, to to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. And honestly, I mean, I don't know if you've been watching the Vikings, but their offense isn't bad. So you're going to spot them, you know, for a, a, a field position on the 50-yard line? Come on, man. You can't do stuff like that. And you see, and you see what happens. They get the ball, they take it right down the field and score a touchdown. And you're sitting there thinking, like, why? It, it doesn't make there sense. It and just as you said before, they had, they had already went down. 
They had already went down and did it. And then you come back and do it again. And then all of a sudden, now you want to punt it. Now you want to do field position. You should, if you was going to be consistent, be consistent every time. Punt it both times if that's what you was going to do. Don't play around and tease us. But as I said before, this funny thing about Garrett is he gets guts yeah. after the fact. When he's supposed to have the guts right he then don't. and there and nobody has said to you, get the guts, he don't do it. But then when everybody's saying, you got to take chances, then all of a sudden he won't go on every fourth down. We seen what happened last year when we were saying he was scary. Then he started going yeah. on every fourth down a imaginable. That's true. That's <laughs> true. He, I mean, you make a hell of a point. He doesn't really start going for things like that until he feels like the, his backup is back up uh, against the wall. Um, he had another another spot. Here's, here's what's so silly to me, man. You had faith in your inconsistent kicker on the opening drive to, to kick it 57 yards, but you didn't have faith on fourth and goal at the five-yard line with 10 minutes to go, down seven, to go for it? Hey, I, I don't understand. This call, I know a lot of people kind of were like, what do you mean, what do you mean, kick the field goal? Here's why I go for it right there. If you don't convert, you first of all, you need a touchdown regardless. Even if you kick the field goal, you got to get a stop and you got to get a touchdown. So I say go for it. If you get the seven, it's a tie ball game, and you tell your defense to get a stop, and that now you don't need a touchdown to win the game. If you don't convert, on fourth and five with 10 minutes to go they have to go 95 yards or 60 yards to get a field goal you still have to get a stop so i'm wondering who is there anyone in the booth telling jason garrett hey the numbers say do this or the numbers say do that or does jason garrett have a gut i mean my gut says go for it there man I mean like i said he doesn't have the gut until people get on him to have the gut um, you that should be like almost be like a John Harbaugh. You see how John Harbaugh he looks at them numbers. He looks at okay, this is what this is the script is saying at this time. Let's go for and do it. You see how many times he be going forward on fourth down and he don't be caring. Like he don't be caring. We have a conservative coach. No matter what is said about it, we have a conservative coach. It, it, we can't get around it, and that's what hurts us in certain parts of the game because just like you said. I think you made a post about the Tavon Austin, how they gave him the 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 well, you can you can do this if you see it. But once, like you said, once you kind of program to be around a coach who's kind of like, uh, you can do it, but you're in your head kind of like, right. should I take it? Should I go? Should instead of your natural instinct to just go do it because you're looking at the coach like, should I do it? Should I not? Because of yep. his style. It's, what I what I what I meant what I mentioned was that Jason Garrett, his entire everything is ingrained in this team's dna his conservative uh approach is ingrained in in this team's dna tavon austin like you like you just mentioned okay historically this guy has taken all types of punts (laughs) had no business returning none and he's returned them so you mean to tell me with the game on the line uh, he's just going to call a fair catch without somebody telling him with nobody bearing down on him. Come on, man. And then for the coach to come out after the game and put that blame on Tavon Austin is bull crap is it's bull crap. He I don't know if you saw this today, man, but he was throwing a lot of people under that bus, that bus. And those tires was worn out from running over a couple of his players and coaches. You know, you, you're the head coach of the team. You got to take responsibility for stuff like that, man. And for me. Like you said, because of this is what happened, guys, if you don't know. So apparently Tavon Austin, this is what Jason Garrett said. Jason Garrett said, I had a conversation with Tavon Austin. 
and I told him, hey, this is the situation. You can do this or do that. I almost guarantee you that he said, I want you to do this. But like you said, if this is there, go ahead and return it. He, if you look at the replay, he called fair catch immediately. Immediately. And then after the game, after the game, he told the reporters, I was just doing what I was told. So who's lying? You tell me. You feel me? I'm Come on, dog. Like, come on. Garrett, like, it sounds like Garrett is kind of just saving his butt. You know what I mean? Like, hey, I mean, I told him he could he could do whatever, but, you know, it's kind of on him. Like, come on, dog. Like, it's on him. Uh, Kellen Moore, it's on Kellen Moore. He's calling the plays. And let's get right into that. I don't give a damn who who called that play, those two plays. What the hell happened there? I mean, what happened? Like, how how did you go second and two and third and two and you run the same run play? It makes no sense. You don't even got to look at numbers, bro. You don't have to look at numbers. Just lot, just sense. Dak Prescott was dealing. Absolutely dealing. He had a hell of a pass to uh, Randall Cobb to start the drive and was making amazing throws during the drive. And then we go back to Zeke. Do you think it's because he got paid $90 million? Yeah, you know it's because he got paid $90 million. They're going to force feed him. You're one of the highest paid running backs in the league, bar none. He's going to stay in the game. He's going to be your bell cow. He's going to get the rest because Tony Pollard is not making that money. And if anything goes down, what are, the, what are they going to say if it goes down? Oh, why wasn't Zeke in the game? Why you got Tony Pollard, a rookie, in there? You paid Zeke all this money, but you got him on the bench. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that noise, so that's why they're going to have Zeke in there. But at the end of the day, you started out on your own, like, what, 10-yard line yeah, on the last line. drive, and you drove all the way, six-yard line, and you go all the way down the field with the pass game? Why are you going to stop now? They can't stop it. It's kind of like you killing somebody in the post every single play. Now all of a sudden I'm going to start shooting jump shots and threes when I'm killing you every day in the post. How about if you're playing a game on, on Xbox or PlayStation and I'm killing you with the same play and you saying, oh, you know what? You only can do one play. Stop Facts. it. Facts. That's like <laughs> that's like when people complain about running up the score. Then stop me. There's, there's nothing to talk about. Stop me. I, I don't I don't understand this. You feel coach. me? It, it, it's not hard. And and like I said, we're on the eleven yard line is second down and two. We got time on the clock. You didn't have to rush that. We got three timeouts. We could have set set up a play, get some good stuff together. Although we did see Travis Frederick get handled and he was getting kind of handled in that run game. So we understand that. So you can't really yeah. put that on a coach if you're if you're if your center's getting blown the hell up at the beginning of the play. That's nothing to do with coaching. So we understand that. But at the end of the day, this is what I'm going to be clear with this. These are the same things that still happen under Garrett with Romo. These same exact things. How many times do we see game in and game out where we had to come back? We were down 10. We were down 17. Romo got to throw us back in the game. And then something happens at the end. This is not something that's just, isn't just formulated yeah, in one new. year. This isn't new. So that's the reason why when people say, oh, but it's the players on that too. Yeah, I get it. But this ain't nothing new. This has been under under other yes. players too. We wasted a whole regime of Romo on yeah, nothing. Guys, we're not saying this is nothing to do with the players. Um, the players didn't ex- execute. the Actually, the you know the, the second and two call, if Connor Williams gets his block, it goes for a first down. Uh, but here's our problem with it. The run was never working. 
your offensive line could not get in a groove in the ground game. They were they were pass protecting very, very well. And Dak Prescott was making so many great throws. I mean, it was a stat by Next Gen Stats. He had like five of his 10 completions this year. His big improbable completions happened in that game. Um, he he threw for about 6.5 uh, percent of uh, his uh, throws he wasn't supposed to make. He actually made them. So, I mean, it, the guy was dealing, and you took the ball out of there. Man, he was looking nasty, dog. I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to just keep it real. That's one of the best games I've seen him throw that ball. That's just for real. And I've been watching Dak Prescott the whole time, and he's had some good passing games. But, man, when he was escaping out of the pocket, I was getting a little nervous how he was throwing yeah. at the angles, and he was hitting them lasers. That one pass that he started out on the six-yard line that he completed, I don't know if it was the Cobb or Cooper, and he split the them one. two defenders. It was That's the one woo, that's, that, that started the drive to end the game. That's the one that started the yep. drive. And I was like, okay. When I saw that pass right there, I was like, I was started feeling good. Like, okay, we got this. I don't know why. It just made me feel like, okay, we got this. And it makes me feel good and bad. Bad that we gave away a great game from Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, who we talked about last step week, who up, needed yeah. to step up. Me and you talked about it last week. You need to step up. He stepped up in a big way. We see, once again, Dak put the team on his shoulders. Not Ezekiel Elliott, the $90 million man, is Dak Prescott that's putting the team on his shoulders and keeping us in these well, games. Let's get one thing straight. This is Dak Prescott's team. This is Dak Prescott's team. I think it is, and I, why he ain't signed is just crazy to me. Oh, it's, I, I mean, if I had to guess, I think it's that it, yeah, he, I, he knows he's worth a lot more than whatever Dallas is, is offering. And Dallas may be offering a fair a fair deal, um, but I think he's proven – he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bank on myself. And I think he's proven that, hey, listen, I'm the man. He wants to prove – I think he wants to prove to the rest of the league because I think the league doubts him as well because there's so many doubters and haters of him. I think he wants to prove to the rest of the league, like, say what you want, but these numbers, I mean, he's what, he got like 27, almost 2,700 yards right now. I mean, the dude is balling. Nobody can sit there and tell me they thought he, he was going to have these numbers and be doing this right now. Nobody. You probably wanted to, but you didn't know. You still had to see it, and now you're seeing it. So it's like, what else can he do? And, he, and here's the thing, and this is, this is the team in general. He's doing this, not only playing against the opponent, but a playing playing against his own coaching. You know what I mean? Like the, the decisions, the game planning, all this stuff, man. This is He's not – I don't think he's being coached well. Maybe by Kitna, but not by his head coach. I don't think he's being prepped well, not just him, the team. You know, maybe by Kitna, but not his head coach. Jesse Holly has a saying, uh, and, and if I'm wrong, let me know. But it is uh, – what is it? Fool me once or not fool me once. One time mm -hmm. is a mistake. Two times is a trend. Three times is a habit. We've seen what eight out of nine times at the beginning of the game. We are starting off slow and having to come from behind in some capacity. Guys, that is a coaching problem. OK, that is a coaching issue when it happens one or two times out of three times out of the nine game season. All right, you can say they, the guys just didn't come out and play hard or play their best. Eight out of nine games, it seems like. Come on, man. We got to do better. We've got to do better. Um, and listen, I, I'm not saying everything. <laughs> I'm not saying everything is the coach's fault either. I, I'm not. But what, what I do want to do want to say is that they've got to step up. The coaches have got to step up. I know we all want Jason Garrett going and all that stuff, but the 
here it is what it is. We still have an opportunity to win a division, so somebody has to do something. And if and if Jerry Jones is not going to get rid of the head coach, then step the hell up. Period. I mean, like I said, this is the same story that we've been talking about. But hey, like I said, it ain't just uh, you know, Garrett. We got to talk about, you know, I don't know if we're going to dabble into this, but we need to talk about this defense. I mean, statistically, hasn't been a bad defense at all. But every time, you know, and we were talking about this a little bit ago, I'm going to just tell you my feelings on this. I think they still just be believing that hot boy stuff. They just really living off that merchandise, that name, whatever. I seen Jalen Smith. That's okay. You coming in with a, a, a cat, black cat with a hot boy's chain. And you're doing it to show everybody. People are just gonna clown you when you lose. When you lose like that, because that's like it's like it's funny. It's not funny right now, dog. Y'all fighting for your playoff lives. You're fighting for your playoff lives, okay? You're trying to get to win a Super Bowl, and y'all making jokes about the black cat and hot boys change. Are you are you coming in here serious? Because when I watched that game, I seen you missing a lot of tackles, Jalen Smith, and the all 22 says it. The all 22 says it. It's not something that. We're making up. The all twenty-two tape, the says tape it already. Shows that the linebackers play probably is it's one of his worst games of the year, specifically in the second half. I mean, I think they got their asses saved in the first half by the defensive line, but in, in the second yes. half, Zimmer. How can you not stop these screens? Oh well, that well, there they definitely got whooped in the screen game in the first half, but but on the ground in the ground game, man. I mean, this is this, this is why coaching matters, folks. The the Vikings came into this game knowing they had to beat Dallas differently without Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins didn't beat you guys, okay? Kirk, no, Kirk Cousins did not beat you. The coaching and the run game beat you. It was not Captain Kirk. What happened in that second half, they went into halftime and said, you know what, the ground game's not working straight up the middle. We got to do something different. So they decided to attack the edges, get a fullback out there, pull a guard, get a tight end up, up on these linebackers immediately. Because the linebackers were not diagnosing anything with conviction. In fact, you can argue they haven't been doing that all year on a consistent basis. And any hesitation, any little bit of hesitation, they got a line, they got a lineman up on them, and it was over. Popping off for 7 yards, 12 yards, 15 yards. I mean, they literally had a possession when they went down and scored where they ran the ball every single time. It, had, it was like a 19-yard or a 17-yard or a 12-yard or boom, 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 boom. That kills your will as a defense. It kills your will. And it wasn't for the lack there of, of um, hustle on the D-line. They tried. They tried to get there. They really did. But it, it was scheme. Marcus Lawrence was hustling his butt yeah. off. But like you said, the scheme. I made a post on Twitter. Like, anytime we play a good team. We get out. Coach. They, know how to scheme, they, get, they know how to scheme our defense. Like, everybody who's – if you have a good coordinator and he comes against our defense, you scheme us properly, you're going to gash us. And that's what happens. We don't get beat. We get – I'll give you one better. You just need a competent co- coordinator. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 crazy because, as I said, like these dudes were getting hat on hat, just like you said. They were going up the middle. The defensive line was stopping the middle. So you guess what? We're gonna take it down the edges, and we're gonna lead, like you said, with that fullback. We're gonna pay you with this tight end and these linebackers, Sean Lee, missing tackles. And here's the big b- biggest thing. Even when they got there on the screen game, those linebackers had opportunity to make the first tackle. It was always missed. Uh, that first tackle was always missed, and then you're getting another 15 to 16 yards after that because he's in the secondary yep. by now. And Cook ain't no slow dude. So if you miss that first tackle with him, 
buddy. He could take it to the house, and it was almost looking like he was take could have took it like any time. It was quite embarrassing. The tackling was super embarrassing, man. It was super. It was atrocious. It was atrocious. A hey, hey, Cowboys also take you know take a play from the Vikings playbook here. Cook only averaged three point six yards per carry, but he ran hard and he made people miss. Here's the kicker. Madison had eight carries for 52 yards. Shocker. They used their rookie back up to their star, (laughs) and he did better than the starter. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It it actually can happen. Hmm. Ezekiel Elliott struggling. Let me uh, mix in our rookie, and maybe he can pop up a few runs and loosen things up. And guess what? Let bring. (laughs) My gosh. How many? What did he have? What did Tony Pollard was on? Like one play? One carry. Wow. And I seen the carry too. Oh, it was like, oh, there, there you go, bringing in Tony Pollard in the fourth quarter with like five minutes left to go in the game. Who cares? Like, why are you doing it now? That, that, like, what is going on? Just like you said, they used their rookie, and that rookie was pounding us. They had confidence. Yards. That rookie was pounding us, dog. He averaged six yards per carry. Uh, Madison did, and and Tony Pollard once again, like I said, though, one carry. And this is a this is a theme, guys, with Tony Pollard, and and, I, and I've been beating this obviously this horse for what, for how long, man? Like all year, I've been talking about uh, this. You, the horse is dead as much as you've been beating. You don't beat it, beat the dead. I keep saying, it. and I'm not and I'm not trying to say that Pollard is a difference, man. But like it's just coaching, man. So here it is. In the four losses, Pollard is averaging two carries a game and has zero receptions. That's wow. That's, uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Zero. And this is the guy that's supposed to be your change of pace back. This is the guy that you specifically drafted to give Ezekiel Elliott rest, to give Ezekiel a change of pace. And we're not seeing that. Oh, wait a minute. We see it when we play a scrubby team that we know we can beat. Then we'll see all kind of Tony Pollard. There's a problem. They only use this guy as a spell. They don't They don't game plan with Tony Pollard in, and it's, cr- it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. In three of the four losses, Zeke is averaging 2.7 yards per carry in those three games. 1.9, 3.9, and 2.4 yards per carry. I, I, I mean, I mean, <laughs> what more do you need to see during the game to to bring someone else in there to try to loosen up the defense and fans? It's the same running plays too. Oh, we have an unimaginative uh, run game. I mean, there there's nothing special about how we run the ball. Um, I was ta- I was telling my buddy yesterday, man. I absolutely love Gary Kubiak. I w- I wish he could have came to our staff and implemented his running game because his run scheme is impossible to stop consistently. He has a beautiful uh, zone scheme, and you know what? Uh, Cook is a perfect runner for it, and so is Madison. Mm-hmm. They run hard. They run mm-hmm. tough. They see it. They cut and they, they go. They run hard. You know. They run hard. And he has adjustments within his game plan and his run scheme. Cowboys. Listen, man, I don't know if they think this is 2014 where they can just line up, you you beat your man, and that's that. That's what they believe. They have to. That's why they invested all that money in the offensive line because that's what they believe. But you know what's so funny about this, what you just mentioned? Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball 20 times for, what, 47 yards? And guess who didn't play? Linville Joseph, one of the the best defensive tackles, I think, in the game. He's still a beast in my eyes, young monster. I was clamoring. Woo! Adam Thielen was out, but really yeah. what's big is Linville Joseph being out because now we can attack that middle. And guess what? We still didn't win in the run game. That's no. pathetic. And yeah. uh, somebody else brought something up. I think it's Connor, Connor Linve. I'm going to give him a shout-out. He said something like, we played the Packers without Devontae Adams. We played the Vikings without Adam Thielen. Okay? You played the Saints, I mentioned, without Drew, Drew Brees. Brees. You get what I'm saying? 
and we and then you have a key player. Also, another Joseph is out. You had key players that we played in top teams. Key players. Just Lost. imagine if them players didn't play. If they did play, imagine if Devontae Adams would have played in that game. Oh my God. Well, they had to put up like fifty on it. <laughs> like the way that that game was going. You we know, were glad Teddy, like, we were glad Teddy Bridgewater played. He only put up twelve points because if Drew Brees would have played in that damn New Orleans State, we probably would have threw four hundred on us. Yeah, I mean, and, and Connor, I think what he was saying about that uh, in that tweet was that, you know, the difference in those games was coaching. It was coaching. coaching. They lose players and when they Dallas still loses win players? games. We lose we players. Lose the Jets. It's over. <laughs> don't let us lose time. Yeah, don't don't let us lose Tyron Smith. Our team is over. Whenever we lose Tyron Smith, the team at, is at done. At this point, you lose anyone, and Jason Garrett can't adapt. This team doesn't uh, doesn't do any adapting within the game. Right. You know, uh, game planning, nothing. Why you think Cooper's still fighting his injury? Because if we lose oh, Cooper, man. it's over. Cooper's unbelievable. <laughs> He's Those catches, ridiculous. man. She, you could pay him whatever the oh, hell he wants. Are you serious? Man, pay, why are we waiting to pay him I, again? No, it's Coop. I think Coop said he want to wait till after the year. Okay. I'm cool. All right, Coop. Take Do your you, time, man. bro. You're going to get your money. <laughs> you, you, the price tag is going up for sure. That's Take you, time. smart man, Coop. All right, real quick, when we get back, we are going to jump into the next segment, which is You Can't Handle the Truth. That's right. Big Game James got some heat for you. Be right back. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You can't handle the truth. And here's what the truth is about today that you can't handle. It's Jason Witten. Okay, I love Witten. I love you, dog. Love and you, you O'Reilly. You're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, I believe. I believe you, so when you retire, you are going into the Hall of Fame. But right now... We need somebody that can stress the field. Everybody keeps waiting on the field because guess what? Oh, he can block. He's all reliable. He's all reliable. But guess what? Even when I was watching that Vikings game, if you put a good type of safety on him, he doesn't have speed. And I was watching Harrison Smith, and yes, he got a pass in the friends, but it was bogus because you know what they do now? If you watch any kind of tape, everybody knows Jason's in-and-out move. He don't have no speed, so he has one in-and-out move. And Harrison watched him and had that hand right near his shoulder pass so he could trail and watch him. And guess what? When a team blitzes us and Dak tries to go back for a pass and he looks for Jason Witten, even though he's all reliable, he can't get open because he ain't fast enough ain't and everybody enough. knows what he's going to do. And that frustrates me. You got a guy named Blake Jarwin. Is he the best blocker in the world? No, I can admit that. But guess what? He stretches the field. Dak Prescott hit him. He got long yardage. You got a guy named Witten who's averaging nine yards a catch. Before he retired, he had a career low in yards average in receiving. Okay? I'm tired of seeing it. We know when Witten gets the ball, he's not getting more than two yards. Okay? If we're trying to do what we want to do, especially offensively, we got one of the, the number one offense in the league. But it could be even better if you had another tight end that you could pair with Jarwin to stretch out that field. Too many times when Dak Prescott comes out, he is not being able to hit a guy in the seam because they're sending a blitz and Jason Witten doesn't have the speed to get open. So he has to hold the ball an extra second. That bring, possibly brings in a sack, maybe a holding call, and that's what it is. So I'm sorry. I love you, Jason Witten. But, man, it's time to go. This one, I want this to be your last year because we need a dynamic tight end that can pair with Blake Jarwin so we can make these teams respect us in the middle of the field because right now they don't. They sit right in there in the middle, and they just watch. And if Dak doesn't keep his eyes open, he'll make a mistake. The guy is a walking big play machine, 
and you have to utilize them. I made a video about it last week. I, I, I won't go all over. If you want to check it out, go on my YouTube page. But Blake Jarwin is honestly is an X factor for this offense that can take it to even a higher level than this offense already is. Like you said, it's the number one offense. But if you get an athletic tight end involved, which we have, then it can take it to a whole nother level, man. Blake Jarwin is better than Jason Witten. That's right. I said it. It's time to sit Jason Witten, and he can play 34% of the snaps because that's what Blake Jarwin is playing this year. Only 34% of the snaps, yet he is third on the team in 20-plus yard receptions. That's crazy to me. That's unbelievably crazy. He's it's criminal how underused he is, man. Criminal. But we're not gonna we but we know it's not gonna happen because once again, we know the Cowboys love their old stars, just like with Sean Lee. I mean, they love their old stars, their reverence, and you cannot say one word about them, but I am. I'm gonna say something about it because at the end of the day, we need a dynamic tight end. Like if you were talking about when they were talking about OJ Howard, and I am sorry, you know, milk cart. if you pair with somebody with Blake Jarman, because I like Jarman, but if we, we got somebody else because there was another draft pick named Dalton Schultz, we don't even know anything about right now. He's a fourth round draft pick. We don't even know anything about what you feel me like he's caught like all of maybe he's two passes all year are you serious you spent a fourth round draft pick on him a fourth rounder and he don't even sniff anything we don't even know who he is ask about dalton schultz and you yeah, won't know who he it's, is it's, it's but we're going to continue to play 80 percent of snaps with with the ends, and we're man. continually it, you, there's going times to i'm looking at like, as far as Jason that middle of the field. the field this is it's third and 12 or it's third and 17 or we're, we're trying to come back and we're trying to go down the field Witten's only going to get you six to eight yards there's, he's not going down the field. And and as I said before, I mean, he came back because he felt like, you know what, I like this team. I want to get a championship. But at the end of the day, they told us 20% of the snaps. Jason Witten is taking 20% of the snaps, and that's what it is. No, you lied. I knew you were lying. You knew Jason Witten was going to get 80% of the snaps, and that's what it was yeah. going to be. And nobody's going to say anything against him because he's Jason Witten. And I don't think that's fair because he deserves criticism like anybody else. And if he's not getting open yeah. and not making plays, yeah, Charles then why can't we say anything yeah. about it? Charles nobody's yeah, saying that he's terrible. But guess what? We need more. Famous. And, and one last thing. He's got 36 Giants. catches on the year. I believe, 33 catches, 36 catches on the year. One of them, one game was eight of them, and that was just recently against the Giants. And think about it. He had 58 yards, averaging 7.3. So he had eight catches, yeah, but you only had 58 had yards. Any kind of receiver, you see yards. that, you're like, mm, that's <laughs> one, not really that a good game. That was basically his only three looks. He doesn't, he doesn't get enough. He doesn't get enough looks. It's criminal. It's criminal. That's, that's all I'm going to leave it at that. You know, this coaching staff, they, they have mental lapses during this game, uh, during these games, and it comes back to bite us. And it bit us a bunch of times in that. But we do have some rising stars out of this game, uh, besides Jarwin. Um, so, I mean, get into who did play well. I mean, mm -hmm. we know the obvious one, so if you want to start there, we can mm -hmm. start right there. I mean, obviously, we we know the obvious one is Dak Prescott. I mean, what he did, 28-46, 28 397 yards, three touchdowns. And, man, I mean, the passes that he was throwing were just – it just gave me confidence because – this was a game I felt like he was going to have to win with them shutting Ezekiel Elliott down. And he stepped up pass after pass after pass, pass rush, escape, ev evading pass rushes, um, guys all over him throwing lasers. I was love seeing it. So it was a beautiful thing to see Dak Prescott do his thing. And to me, he's just growing into the team being his. He is the guy that's oh, going to make facts. this team go. Not Ezekiel Elliott, as much as I love you, Elliott. If Dak doesn't play good, we ain't doing nothing. And I don't care if Ezekiel if Ezekiel runs for 200 yards. If Dak don't play good, we ain't winning the game. And that's just my opinion on that. 
So oh, that's man. one rising star. Um, obviously, another rising star. We know about Amari Cooper. He was nasty in that game. 11 catches for 147 yes. yards. Nasty. But I'm going to go ahead. I like Cooper, what Cooper did, but I'm going to have to give Randall Cobb a rising star. And the main reason why is because I told him he needs to step up. In the last four games, he had dropped passes, fumbled balls. He had needed to step up. We were questioning ourselves. Who was winning right now between the Beasley and Randall Cobb transaction? People were talking about it. Were they getting their money worth? So now you see Randall Cobb saying, hey, Ooh, I heard what y'all talking about. Sweet. He comes in, bangs out six catches for 106 yards, and that touchdown he caught was absolutely beautiful. That was ab- – first of all, the pass was lovely, just dumping right in the breadbasket. Nobody's talking about that pass. Under duress, once again, he was under duress. That wasn't a clean pocket. He was under duress. And then you just drop it in the bucket like that, and you make that beautiful yeah. catch. Shout out to you, Randall Cobb. He was a rising star to me as well. Nah, there really isn't defense, many on defense. I don't defense. even know if I um, want to give y'all. No I mean, I have some notes today, about. Y'all you know, was, this was, was, this it was nice to see Darian Thompson. Yeah, it was nice to see Darian Thompson in there. <laughs> uh, there was. I, mean, I hate to even give this person a wreck, but there was somebody on Facebook talking about uh, Jeff Heath was missed last night. He was That's not. the laugh I'm. So, right so he now. what he tried <laughs> to say was that uh, you know he fits better in the run and yada yada. I I, I went back. I Cut watched every single run from the Minnesota Vikings, and Darian Thompson missed one tackle. He had one negative play. Other than that, when Darian Thompson played, it, it mostly went the opposite side of the field, or he got the tackle or he filled the lane correctly, or he just was not in on the play at all because it was on the other side of the field. Darian Thompson and the safety play had nothing to do with last night, okay? They played well enough. The issue last night was the defense of the linebackers. It wasn't the safeties. And honestly, who is in my uh, falling stars, because let's go go ahead and switch it over to the falling stars. And we talked about it, man, and it seems like this is becoming a reoccurring theme. Cheeto, I mean... (laughs) It's something's has got to do something. We got to do something. Do we get Anthony Brown back into the slot and move Lewis out there? Cause he's, he's lost out there. I mean, why not? I mean, here's the thing. It's like, why not? We're going to just keep on living off of the situation where Cheeto was a second round. This is what it is. You know what the Cowboys, they love the draft status. Your draft status will keep you in the lineup. I don't care what you say. That's why Dalton Schultz is still on the roster. That's why they still kept Chris Covington still on the roster. Okay, because of those draft status. Now you got another yeah. guy, Cheeto, who's a Good second point. round, second round draft pick. You know the Cowboys don't like looking wrong. They don't like looking wrong. So they're gonna let him play himself out of this slump. But at the end of oh, the yeah. day, it's three years in, he don't. You can't I don't know. I feel like you either have ball awareness or you don't. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you either got it or you don't. And I just feel like you're not gonna learn it any longer. This is what you are. And you're only in this lineup because oh, what the better. physical size? Because yeah. if we really look at Jeff yeah, Jordan Lewis compared to you as far as coverability, I'm taking Jordan Lewis all day over you, dog. Why are you all the lineup? Oh, uh, only reason why you're in that lineup over Jordan Lewis is because of the size, the 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 stature of the second round draft pick, even though Jordan was a third. But the side, the stature of that, and your size, and possibly your long arms, is that's it. But if we're talking about coverage ability, you need to have Jordan Lewis in there because this dude will not turn his head back. Yeah. We're talking about on Two that point. Uh, catch with uh, Rudolph. Yeah. He just looked at him like he was a little kid. Remember when uh, uh, your boy uh, um, 
Yes. You remember when your boy from the Packers uh, caught that pass, touchdown pass on uh, Orlando Scandrick and he just looked Jordy Nelson and he just grabbed the ball from him and looked at him when Orlando was on no the ground. Like, Get off of me. That's no when he just looked at Cheeto like, and you had no sight of where the ball was at. Like, you were right there. You were right there. All you had to do was turn your head, but you still won't turn your head for nothing. Man, you was a falling star. You fall. You fell hard. You said you was the purge squad. I ain't seen you purge nothing. You have you how many interceptions? Of you, you purge Does nothing. It? How many interceptions do you have since you've been playing? How many? Cheeto, man, it's, it's, it's not it, bro. I said it two weeks in a row now, and people keep saying, oh, you had one get bad game. No, Cheeto has been getting burnt. And it's not like, I shouldn't say burnt. It's not like he's just completely being toasted. This has been consistently just, since last year. Awareness. And I, I really feel that. It's he doesn't know how to adjust with the wide receiver in his hip pocket, you know. Uh, whereas I feel like if he plays safety, he can see the thing. And he's in front not of physical. Him and he can attack the ball better. But but when with the receiver that you know on his hip, he he gets a little. I don't know if he's nervous mm-hmm. or what, man. But he has no awareness of what's going on. You know, it's kind of a, a, an indictment to the coaching staff because this guy's been here for three years and he's doing the same thing. Same thing. And think about this. They threw a pass out there, and and uh, I think it was right before halftime. I can't remember. He got lucky. And you don't think these quarterbacks don't study the film and know that about you? They don't. You don't think they know you right. don't turn your head, and that's why they attack you with these certain passes because they know you do not turn your head. Yeah, you have some good sticky coverage, but you never turn your head, and they are always beating you with these same type plays. I remember Jordan Lewis started his rookie year, and he didn't have a bad rookie year, so I don't understand why all of a sudden he's getting punished because of the so-called side stain. We're trying to win games, and if you have a cornerback that's continually giving up plays like this, then there has to be something talked about or have to be rectified because teams are going to still continue to attack him, and when you're a cornerback and you're getting attacked like that, you're, you can lose your confidence. That's another thing on my fallen stars list is Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard. I, I'm not sure who we want to call because the defense uh, was was putrid in the second half. There was no adjustments made, um, no no turnovers, which I had a feeling we weren't going to do it. If we didn't pressure uh, Kirk Cousins and we pressured them, but we didn't finish it, I didn't feel like he was going to turn the ball over. And that's just the theme of this defense, man. They come in bunches and then they go away in bunches, the turnovers, that is. Uh, we only sat Cousins once. Mm-hmm. I, again, on mm-hmm. pass rush, they did they did make him move. It made him get rid of the ball quickly. And I don't think um, the secondary got massively beat. And, and I'm beating Cheeto over the head right now. But that's the thing that's frustrating about Cheeto, right? You look at all year. It's not like he's getting toasted all game. It's not like he's giving up big play after big play after big play. But it just seems like at the most you know inopportune times, he gives up the play. You know, the next thing you know, you don't hear about Cheeto the rest of the game because he's he's playing better. But it's frustrating because, man, listen, make a play on the ball. So I, I got to look at Chris Richard, and I'm not – a lot of people want to throw Chris and Rod under the bus, and rightfully so. I, rightfully so. The defense played terrible. But I need to figure out, is it Richard or is it the limitations of a Cheeto Bayouzier, uh, of Jeff Heath? Um, is, is, is there a regression? I saw you ask this. Is there a regression – to LVE or is he hurt I mean like what is going on do we not know our guys out there um I'm gonna say right now uh I know he just got injured so maybe the reason why this past game I mean he had 13 tackles I believe and Jalen Smith had 12 so if you look just in the stats 
oh, 13 tackles, 12 tackles, that was balling. No, but you remember Jalen Smith's rookie year? Not his rookie year, but his second year? He was getting like seven, eight tackles, Down but they the were field. after the line of scrimmage. They were after a guy gets they were after a guy gets six, seven yards on the carry. So those stats right there are very deceiving as if if you didn't watch the game and you just looked in the stat book, ooh, 12 tackles, 13 tackles by the linebacker, they were everywhere. No, yeah. go look at the all 22 tape. They were getting peeled. They missed a lot of tackles. They probably could have had more tackles made yeah. if they didn't miss those. I mean, Dalvin Cook, and they and here's the biggest thing about it, though, that what really killed me about the linebacker play um, and the defense as a whole, they were poignant plays. Like when we needed a stop, when we needed a big run stop, and you knew they were going to run. When we when we stopped them those three times inside the five and then they just ran right to the outside with Cook to get twenty eight that just hurt my soul. We had five guys right there, everybody diving while I, he just skates right on in the end zone. I would have made Kirk Cousins beat me. <clears throat> I would have. That'd have been the plan. Stack that by nope. The same way they said Ezekiel Elliott is not beating us today. Ezekiel Elliott is not going to beat us. That's what they said. Ezekiel Elliott, he ain't going to do it. We're going to make sure he don't. So why couldn't they say? Dalvin Cook, he's the guy. We are not going to let him beat us. We have seen Kirk Cousins. We know what he is. We know if we get after him, we blitz him, we rattle him. We know what he can do. So let's keep the pressure on him. But all I saw was Cook with 97 yards and 86 yards receiving. So he just didn't kill us in the run game. We're just going to do what we do. We heard Sam Darnold say it. Sam Darnold said, hey, they're just going to go out there and, and do what they do. You know why he says that, guys? Because we don't game plans for every game. When I say game plan, I mean we're not uh, saying, all right, this team likes to do this. We're going to take away this. When do, when do you see that in these games? You don't. It's basically, hey, this is what we're going to do. You absolutely have to execute. If you don't execute, there's a big play waiting to happen. Go look at what the Saints did. Go look at what the, the Vikings did. They are coming into these games with a specific game plan for this team. I feel like offensively and defensively, our whole mantra, and it's under the JG your regime is we are going to do what we do, go out there and win the play. You you have to be able to impose our will some things sometimes. You have to be able to adjust. Hey guys, we're getting murdered in the fourth in the third quarter on the ground game. This we gotta switch it up. We're gonna bring a safety down in the box. We're gonna run blitz. We're gonna to try to get after uh Cook in the backfield. Nope. We're gonna do the same thing and just pray that our linebackers who are struggling mightily beats one of these uh linemen or fullbacks and makes the play. Listen, these linebackers aren't as consistent as last year, so we got to make an adjustment. But you know, yeah, not as consistent, but you know what killed me? Because if you watch toward the end of the game, the third and fourth quarter, when the fourth quarter was starting, we were actually, when they were doing those bootlegs, which I was screaming, like, at the beginning of the preview, they're going to bootleg the hell out of us. They actually started doing it. They started staying with it. But how does it take almost to the fourth quarter that you understand? They did, <laughs> like, four basic plays. They either screened you, they either did a bootleg, they either did the play action if, if or they I had ran the to ball. give them a that was know, something that they did well, it was defend the big <laughs> play. I mean, Kirk Cousins only threw two passes over ten yards in the whole entire game. But and but that's what I don't understand. Make him beat you. Like game plan that he has to beat you. We scared of Kirk Cousins without Kirk Adam Thielen. Wow. That's what's mind blowing. Wow. This is mind blowing, man. I, it's, it's Wow. It's, 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 this, this is what we do. We come out, wow. start slow, and then we get out coached in the middle of all of it. So like I said, uh, I was going to play a video on my page uh, from uh, Digital Underground. All around the world, the same song. Legitimately what's happening. 
And, and, and maybe on another pod, we'll talk about candidates and stuff like that. But the reason why I don't even like to get into uh, coaching replacements, like who's going to who can come in is because I still feel like this team is super talented. It just is not being driven in the right direction with the coach that we need. Um, but if for whatever reason they can get it together, maybe get this mental. They need a mental block of stop doing what they normally do and think outside the box. Maybe they'll get a mental block and something will change. But I guess that's the definition of insanity is that we keep thinking something's going to change and it doesn't. Fool's gold. That's what it is. I told you. It's just like you was in the 1800s and you were digging over in San Francisco. Hey, hey, Earl, I found it. I found the gold. We about to be rich. And that man walks up to you. Boy, slaps him up in the head. That ain't no that's gold. That's fool's gold, you idiot. You dig big dummy. And that's what I feel like. We we fall for this every year because we look at the talent of our team. We fall for it. But deep inside my heart, I believe, mm, I just don't feel it. But I can't, I don't want to do that because I got to stay positive because you don't know what the future is. But I've seen too many things in the past to make me to believe this way. So sorry, folks. I want to believe in Garrett. I do. I want to believe in all this. But I've seen too many things in these nine years that have looked like the same exact thing. So I don't know why I should be having this hope that it's going to happen this year when I've seen the same patterns year in and year no, out. I mean, That's all I'm saying. It's, a, it's not even that anymore. It's, it's a habit. This coach has a habit of this happening. You know, we get, you know, we a as fans, we get the whole moniker, oh, eight and eight, eight and eight. Well, it's looking like eight and eight. <laughs> it's really looking like eight and eight. And it's sad because you give you give a competent coach this roster. It's without a doubt we will we become one of the best teams in the NFC. You know, I saw somebody say, hey, maybe this roster is overrated. It's not. It absolutely is not. I mean, we need some help in the middle now. It's not a perfect roster, but when your offense is number one in the league, when you got a top ten defense, that you, you got, it's there. These there's we're what five and four, in my opinion, and this is why I'm all good with him. Getting, people say, oh well, what's it going to do? You get rid of Jason Garrett. Well, this is why he's literally, or the coaching has literally cost you at minimum two of the four games. Okay, you lost to the Jets, and you lost this game, which was inexplicable when it comes to the coaching. That's two games. You cannot have your coach cost you games. Not game, multiple games. I, I made a little joke on Twitter. I'm like, that might have been the worst. The ending of the game might have been the worst sequence in Jason Garrett's era. Second down and two, you run an RP or you run a read option. Third down and two, you run the same exact play. Fourth down, you go to Zeke. Uh, then you you you, in my opinion, instruct uh, Tavon Austin. Hey man, you might want to fair catch it here. And he calls a fair catch. That is an fireable offense. Period. It's a fireable offense. And he's cost you games. And I said, well, all that's left to do is to ice your own kicker. Oh, wait. He's actually done that. So, I mean, it's it's pretty pathetic uh, when it comes to what this coach uh, has done in his tenure. But it doesn't look like he's going anywhere. So, we got to figure out solutions. Well, I'm going to say this one last thing. And this is another reason why I stay frustrated. Because we look at the coaches that are on the right now, going through them. Pete Carroll, 2010 is when he became coach. Here's the thing that stands out to me: one Super Bowl, two NFC championships, two NFC two Super Bowl appearances. Um, then you got two Super Bowl appearances, 
And then after you got Pete Carroll, then let's go with um, Mike Tomlin. He hasn't been doing the greatest as of late, but you know what? Still, one Super Bowl, two AFC championships. See, there's a difference. See, mm-hmm. they're getting to championships. They're getting to Super Bowl. Sean Payton, uh, one Super Bowl and one NFC championship, NFC championship, five NFC ch- South championships. Now, I will say, Garrett's got I those NFC nothing. titles. He's got three of them. But when I keep on, I know, but when I keep on going through the longest tenure coaches, they all have at least one Super Bowl pair. Ron Rivera from the, he's and he's got them Carolina Panthers in the thick of things. I mean, you, you mentioned Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin got them boys okay. five and four, fought back from a one and four start with backups. Right. No James Conner. No Ben Roethlisberger. Could we do that? <clears throat> could, could we do that if we didn't have uh, your boy right now? If Dak Prescott got hurt and was out for the rest of the year? We, we, we already we could, saw we that could, he couldn't in we, 2015. We would win no, Jason Garrett has won one exactly. game without Dak Prescott or uh, Tony Romo in his tenure, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I might want to check that, but I'm almost positive. he is. He's not won many games without those two guys. It's quite sad. And that's all I got to say. So when people sit there and tell me about, oh, Jason Garrett, you, you're just a hater. No, I'm not. When I look at the longest them? tenure coaches, all of them that are eh, – is eh, if we're looking at the records – he, everybody's been to at least one AFC or NFC championship and has at least one Super Bowl appearance or title. Garrett has neither one of those in 10 years. So everybody else who wants to be the Garrett apologist, you just need to hush your mouth to me because I got other guys who are below him who have been there less than him have still have been to championships and Super Bowls. Doug Peterson, even the Dang even Quinn. your boy from the Falcons has been there before you. Oh, and they talk about getting rid of him. And he's got a All Super Bowl facts, appearance, All dog. Facts. Hey, I just got some great news about the podcast. It has been approved in, on, for Apple Podcasts, so this will be on multiple platforms, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, we're in, likely going to be on more Google Cast, all things like that. So we are very, very excited for this uh, project here and to keep going and keep giving you guys this fire content, this real truth. If you want some real, if you want the truth about the Cowboys, plug us in. Plug us in and leave us in. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you, we're going to yes. give it to you each and every week. So make sure, again, like I said, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on Anchor. If you want to support, hit us up on Anchor. Um, we'll be, you know, obviously keeping you guys up to date on with that type of stuff. Um, but I'm very excited to have it back, to have it on uh, Apple Podcasts, bro. Heck yeah, because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build and grow. So people out there, if you listen to this, go out there and support this podcast like no other so you can hear the unadulterated truth about these Cowboys. Hey, you may not like everything you hear, but we're still just trying to bring the truth as much as we know it. We love our squad. We got the passion. But we can't just sit there and just say, hey, everything is the sky is blue and everything. No, it's not blue right now. It's kind of cloudy and rainy and it needs to change. And with that said, that will be our time. I'm going to wrap up this first episode episode of the stargaze podcast man and we will catch you guys what next week maybe later this week we'll see we'll see next week no maybe later this week we ain't scared we we, we bring we bring as much as y'all want it so y'all keep on requesting it we gonna keep on bringing it so get out there and get on the request lines and DJ get on the stargaze on and the request line. Uh, uh. <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks for tuning in y'all we'll catch y'all next week peace peace